This is the complete message entitled Stop the Music or the Monster of Moves Will Get You, written by Aaron Robbins. This episode is intended for daring ears nine and older. On a scale where one is not scary at all, the kids' scare score for this episode is a six out of ten. Learn more about the show by visiting MrErie'sMysterySeries.com and please consider leaving a rating or review after the episode. Just a few stars can help an independent writer feel better about who they are. And this just in. Mr. Erie's disturbing detective agency is hesitant to announce that starting the last week of September and running through Halloween, listeners of this broadcast will hear special messages from Mr. Erie's trick-or-treat theories. Four menacing messages from clients who experienced perplexing Halloween happenings. With that said, may you all have a frightening fall filled with the happiest of haunts. Thank you. Welcome to Mr. Eerie's Mystery Series. My name is Edward Eerie, Chief Uncoverneer at Mr. Eerie's Disturbing Detective Agency. If you're experiencing something odd or unusual, give my agency a ring and leave a message on the machine. This series exists for those unconvinced of our proficiency in handling peculiar predicaments. We hope the following client message will aid in your selection of a conundrum coaching agency. Please note, the client voice on the message you're about to hear has been altered. The age and tone have been changed in case a mimic machine or grim personator is listening. And now, another mysterious message left on my machine. Thank you for calling Mr. Eerie's disturbing detective agency. If you have reason to believe a pistachio tree or any other type of shell-covered seed tree is following you, don't go nuts. Instead, please contact our Department of Dangerous Droops and Lurking Legumes at extension 98. All other callers should leave a detailed account of your odd or unusual occurrence. Now prepare yourself, for the beep waits for no one. where to start. Maybe with my name. It's Tamara. But you can call me Tam if you promise never to call me Tammy. Not that there's anything wrong with being named Tammy. We've got one at Rockport Junior High where I go to school, and she's pretty popular. Quite the influencer, you might say. She's into those dances, you know, the ones from video games and social stuff. Those dances have the weirdest names. The Bellwether, Pigeon Drop, Blueberry Tang, and my personal favorite, The Double Down. The double is a move from a video game called The First of the Last, and it's a hard one to do. In the game, it's a piece of cake to perform. Just unlock the dance, find another player who's also unlocked it, and then mash the top button when you're near each other. But in real life, when you're not an animated character, it's a whole different story. Let me tell you. The risk of a face planting is high. Very high. But here's a little secret. I can totally do it. Well, half of it anyway. I practiced in my room for weeks. I fell face-first onto my bed like a hundred times and smacked into my wall on more than one attempt. Tam, what are you doing up there? My mom would yell. Studying, I'd say, or working out, both of which were technically true. You better not be dancing. 
she'd say, and then add something about my dad being too busy to fix any more holes in the wall. Dancing and video games, two things my dad isn't exactly thrilled about. Don't get me wrong, he lets me do both, but they always come with a lecture about the dangers of trends. Honestly, I think it's more the social pressure part he's not a fan of. You know, all that pressure to be known and noticed. For example, that Tammy girl I was telling you about. She spends more time learning trendy dance moves than helping with the school yearbook. Sometimes I wish she wasn't in yearbook class with me. Not because I don't like her. She's fine. I guess it's just that this year I wanted to be noticed for something too. I wanted to win. The Rockport yearbook has never finished better than second place in the ASADs. The ASADs are the awards for school annual design. ASAD, bummer of an acronym, but also kind of fitting. This being my last year at Rockport means it's my last chance to win something worth noticing. And I want to. It would make my dad proud, and then maybe he'll see I'm not in danger of succumbing to the pressure of middle school trends. Anyway, yearbook class? That's what you really want to know about, because that's where it happened. The thing I have to tell you about, yearbook is where it started. And trust me, Mr. Erie, it was bad. I walked into yearbook class on Monday feeling nervous. We had a few weeks to turn out an award-winning book, and so far we didn't have anything other than the student picture pages done. We needed more, a lot more, and I hoped the rest of the class was feeling as motivated as I was to work. However, when I entered the room, no one was working. Instead, everyone was watching Tammy slap her hands and arms together, demonstrating some new dance routine trend. Kevin Leeway is the student in charge of the yearbook, but he wasn't working either. He was next to Tammy, swinging his shoulders and trying to get something I call overflow attention. You know, it's like, if you're near someone like Tammy who has too much attention, some of it might overflow onto bystanders. And that's what Kevin was, a bystander. He wasn't going to win us an award and I knew it. So even though I'm not the leader of the class, I knew I had to get everyone's attention off Tammy and Kevin and onto the yearbook. Hoping a sudden noise might break up the dance ring and bring the class to order, I dropped my backpack on the table. I let it hit hard, hoping the noise would startle people from the trend watching. No one even turned around. They probably didn't even register the noise. Maybe if they thought the teacher was coming, they'd return to their desks. But did I really want to be that person? The kid who cries teacher when people are just trying to have fun. Yeah, I did, because I wanted to win. And being a winner doesn't always mean people will like you. Hey, you guys, here comes Mr. Gibson, I said, even though I didn't see him anywhere nearby. Mr. Gibson is the yearbook teacher, and most students are scared of him. He's fair, just strict. A very by-the-rules kind of guy who recently started wearing suits to school. When he walks by students in the halls, they do one of two things. Some stop laughing and talking and say, Hello, Mr. Gibson. Others stop laughing and talking and turn toward their lockers trying not to be noticed. Either way, when Mr. Gibson walks by, people stop laughing and talking. Mr. Gibson is coming, I said again and he doesn't look happy. Still, no one budged. Did you guys hear me? Everyone get to work quick. A few kids toward the back of the Tammy and Kevin crowd pointed at the whiteboard. 
In big letters it read, Substitute Teacher Today. Don't know how I missed that, but I did. Another substitute teacher, I thought. Why was I not surprised? Ever since Mr. Gibson became the temporary principal, we'd had a sub more often than not. All the other students loved it because it was a chance to relax. They thought of it as a free period, but to me, it was a wasted class period. Another day spent moving further away from where we needed to be to win. Understanding there was nothing I could do to bring order to the class, I slumped down in front of the design computer and pulled up the yearbook draft file. The draft is the working copy of the yearbook. We only have one computer that can edit the file, and only one student who knows how to use the software. If you guess that I'm that student, you're right. I also take all of the pictures. I flip to the middle of the draft, arguably the most important part of a yearbook, because it's where the center spreads are located. Four full pages that capture the life and experience of Rockport. Our center spreads were currently blank. Surely someone in class had to have some ideas for what to put there. And sub or no sub, I needed those ideas. I was about to pull the class for suggestions when the classroom door suddenly burst open. A middle-aged lady with shoulder-length curly hair and a smile that seemed impossible to contain entered the room. She covered her mouth with her hand and threw her voice into an impersonation of an athletic announcer. And now, and now entering, entering the classroom. The classroom. Substitute, substitute teacher, teacher of every year according, according to those, those in the know. The only, the only sub, sub with more subs, subs than a sandwich shop, Miss Brightstand. After her announcement, the substitute teacher made a series of muffled cheering sounds and then extended her hands for high fives as she jogged toward the front of the class. Hey friends, what are we working on here? She asked. The stupid yearbook, Tammy replied. I raised my hand, and when Miss Brightstand saw me, she smiled and said, No need for hands. If you have something to say, just say it. We are working on winning a gold ASAD medal, I said. Miss Brightstand's eyes widened. Wow, she said. The award for school annual design. Very tough competition. I have to admit I was impressed that she knew what it was. Miss Brightstand walked toward the center table and everyone else filed in around her. Looks like we're off to a good start, she said, looking at the draft file. Lots of student photos, that's important. But we need something big, something that people will want to look at, something fun and on-trend. Anyone here have a talent or skill we can feature? Tammy raised her hand. I dance and have a pretty respectable following or whatever. Really? Miss Brightstand said. The class erupted with comments and stories about how great Tammy was at drawing a crowd. I almost yelled out, I can do the double down. But I didn't. Could you imagine if I had? What a nightmare. Tammy would have made me prove it, and I probably would have face-planted in front of the entire class. When the chatter died down, Miss Brightstand raised her arm in the air and said, I got it. Got what? Everyone asked. A winning idea for the yearbook. I stood up, eager to hear what Miss Brightstand had to say. What's the idea? I asked. The sub leaned over and flipped to the middle of the draft. Right here, she said, tapping the empty pages. Right here. We do a section on the killer moves of Rockport Junior High. We'll call it Rockin' at Rockport. We all moaned at that name suggestion. Miss Brightstand smiled. Lame, huh? She said. Fine, we'll call it the TikToks of Rock. It'll be perfect, she continued. We'll have photos of students doing all the most popular dance trends. Some will be total failures and some will be amazing successes. Either way, it'll feed the fuel of curiosity. And that's what we'll need to survive the competition. I raised my hand and then spoke without being called on. 
Where are we going to do these moves? I asked. I saw Kevin roll his eyes. I get it. Here comes Tam to kill the fun. I guess that's what I do. Miss Brightstan looked toward the ceiling like she was envisioning something grand in her head. We'll have a dance, she said. The class moaned. What? She said. What's the problem with a dance? Mr. Gibson will never go for a dance. Yeah, said Tammy. Sorry to say, but he's pretty square. Like, the no fun, no dances, kind of square. Exactly, said Kevin. I heard one time he told our cheerleaders to bring it down a notch. He did not, I said. Kevin was about to offer a rebuttal when Miss Brightstan looked directly at Tammy and said, Just let us people of influence handle that. Tammy smiled at being noted as a person of influence. Then Miss Brightstan continued, Computer girl, start designing a flyer so everyone knows to bring their best routine. This Friday night in the gym. After school let out, I walked over to the principal's office. I saw Tammy and Miss Bright stand ahead of me walking in the same direction. They paused at Mr. Gibson's door, talked for a minute, then did a high five. Miss Brightstand walked away, and Tammy went into the principal's office. I hoped Tammy was in some sort of trouble, not my best thought, I know. But I just hoped she was getting busted for disrupting another class. But, the way she and the sub were walking and talking, I could tell her visit to Mr. Gibson's office was business, not trouble. I stood a few feet away from the door and pretended to be checking my backpack for something. This let me get real close to the door without looking like I was eavesdropping. Through the window, I could see Mr. Gibson... He was sitting at his desk, listening to Tammy. He didn't seem impressed with what he was hearing. Then when Tammy started doing moves from the latest dance trend, his expression changed from unimpressed to concern. I moved closer to the door and turned my ear towards it. I could hear Tammy's voice. We just want to make you proud, she said. It's always been my dream to bring home a gold ASAD to Rockport. Her dream, I thought. That wasn't her dream, that was my dream. And it wasn't even really a dream, more like a goal. Or, I guess it was my way of standing out. And now Tammy was going to try and take that for herself. She went on explaining how she'd had a great vision for the center yearbook spread. I have a vision for Rockport, Tammy said. It should be a school where all students feel like part of what makes it alive. Those words didn't sound like Tammy's if I'm being honest. They sounded more like something Miss Brightstand would say. I can read Mr. Gibson like a book. And, I'm sorry to say this, but Tammy had cracked him. His expression of concern dropped and one of interest rose. It's not a dance, correct? I heard him ask. No, no way, said Tammy. It's more like a photo shoot, with music and movement. And no slow dances, he said. That's not a request, Tammy. It's a rule. Tammy laughed a little and assured Mr. Gibson that no slow dances were currently trending anywhere. And with that, Tammy got our dance, I mean our photo shoot, approved. I was glad she had, but also for a lot of reasons. It felt like it should have been me in there. Over the next two days, we plastered the school with flyers for the photoshoot dance. Be there if you dare, the flyer said. Friday night is the first annual TikTok photo rock. Bring your new and trending routines for a chance to be featured in Rockport's award-winning yearbook. I have to admit the flyers looked good. Silhouettes of students dancing with old cameras around the outside, flashing streaks of white across important pieces of information. The school buzzed with conversation about the event. 
Rockport had never had a dance, at least not as long as I'd been there. Truth be told, I was excited too. I knew we would get some really engaging photos for the yearbook. And it didn't matter if Miss Brightstand had thought of the idea, and it didn't matter that Tammy had gotten it approved. I'd be the one taking the pictures, and that was something. Something I could be proud of. My only fear was that I'd get swept up in the moment and somehow decide to try the double down in front of the school. I certainly didn't want to be in the yearbook doing a faceplant. Just take photos. I told myself no dancing. Friday night came, and with it, the photo shoot dance. My dad dropped me off and you could hear the music from the gym even out in the parking lot. I was worried my dad would have second thoughts. I worried he'd turn the car around and drop me off back at home. I tried to calm any rising concern. Don't forget, it's for yearbook class, I said. It's for the design awards competition. No slow dancing, he said as I exited the car. Dad, I said, I'm going to be taking pictures, not dancing. I've got to hand it to Miss Brightstand and whoever she got to help set up the gym. It looked great. On the stage, a small DJ station sat between strands of flashing LED lights. The gym floor had clearly been cleaned and buffed because it was casting perfect reflections of the lights and people. It was going to make great-looking photos, like the ones you see of perfectly smooth lakes or pools of water where the reflection looks just as real as the landscape. But these photos were going to be of Rockport and of Rockport students. As I watched the lights and the people reflecting in the floors, it felt sort of poetic. Middle school, after all, is really about living in two worlds. It's about not being sure which worlds are real and which ones aren't. In middle school, we're still kids in a lot of ways. But in other ways, we're kind of adults. We're as close to being back in elementary school as we are to being in high school. For the first time, we see how things work, while at the same time not understanding why they work the way they do. Reflections, I thought. Had I just come up with the perfect title for the yearbook? I was pretty sure I had. I could practically see the gold medal hanging on the wall. Something for future classes to aspire to. I looked around for Miss Brightstand so I could tell her my fantastic title idea. I spotted her up on stage near the DJ table. She pressed some buttons and the music changed, and the lights swung into high gear. The Rockport student body started dancing, and everyone looked like they were having fun. For once, I didn't want to stop it. I wanted to capture it. The school camera was in the yearbook room, so I ran down the hall, bouncing to the beat of the music to get it. I unlocked the door and the equipment cabinet inside the room. With the camera body in hand, I positioned the lens and then flipped the top switch to on. The screen came to life, the yearbook classroom slowly coming into focus. Then I noticed a blinking bit of text over the screen. No memory card. What? No memory card? That doesn't make any sense. I'm the only one who uses that camera, and I always make sure to leave the memory card inside it so I know right where it is. I checked the camera bag and all through the cabinet drawer, but the card wasn't there. Only the design computer has a card reader. So I walked over to it and looked in the slot. I felt a sense of relief when I saw the memory card inside the computer. The computer's screen came on when I ejected the card. I glanced at the screen and what I saw sent an eerie sense of confusion over me.
The draft yearbook file was open and turned to the center spreads. Where there should be nothing but empty pages, there was a photo. Right in the center of the spread, it was Miss Brightstand, and she was dancing. That in itself was odd, but it didn't alarm me. It more made me curious. But when I studied the photo closer, when I zoomed in on it, I could tell it was taken tonight. The floors, the decoration, Miss Brightstand's outfit. It was all the same as what I'd just seen in the gym. Had this substitute teacher gotten so comfortable here that she took the camera and used it to put a photo of herself in our yearbook? If she had, I wondered what else she might have changed. I started flipping through the other pages of the draft. Luckily, everything else seemed okay. That is, until I got to the student photos. You have to understand, Mr. Erie. We get those photos early in the year, and I knew they were all accounted for. But there were blank spots where some of the students' photos should be. The name was there, but the photo was missing. At first, I felt upset. I thought Miss Brightstand, in an effort to help edit the yearbook, had made it worse. Then I saw something. Or more like witnessed something. Something that sent a wave of cold chills over my body. Kevin Leeway's photo. It had just faded away right in front of my eyes. It wasn't deleted, trust me. And no one else could be accessing this file right now. No, the photo had just faded to white. Then a picture above Kevin's, and over a column, a girl in my history class named Jaya Lalwani. Her picture also faded to white. Was the file corrupt? Was a year's worth of hard work failing right before my eyes? I thought about restarting the computer, but when I bent over to turn it off, I noticed something. Or more accurately, I noticed something was missing. The music. The music in the gym, it had stopped. I pushed open the classroom door and walked into the hall. It turns out the music was still there. It hadn't stopped, it had just changed. It was quieter now, slower, not dance music. It was more like, well, it was more like funeral music. My heart pounded with eerie unease. I took off for the gym, unsettled by the change of tone. I pushed open the double doors. The gym was darker than when I left it. The LED lights that had been flashing were now flickering a deep shade of red, and haze from the fog machine filled the space. Everyone appeared to still be dancing, but they were moving slowly and in sync with each other. Right in front of me, I saw Kevin swaying and jerking like a wet blanket in an irregular wind. Kevin, I said, where is Miss Brightstand? He didn't reply. He just kept moving, repeating the same slumped over jerky movements. Kevin, can you hear me? I asked, growing more frantic. He didn't respond, but a stream of saliva poured from his mouth onto the floor. I looked down at the small pool and that's when I noticed it. Kevin was reflecting in the floor, but his reflection wasn't matching the dance moves his body was making. No, the reflection of Kevin was reaching up for the floor. I guess that means it was reaching down. Regardless, Kevin's reflected arms were outstretched, trying to grab onto the gym floor from below it. Instinctively, I stood up and grabbed onto Kevin's swaying arm, but I didn't feel any mass or muscle, just skin over bones. I screamed and fell backward. The fog from the machine parted, and I could see the gym clearly. Every student inside was doing the same dance as Kevin. I saw Jaya up a row and over one, she was moving in sync with the rest of the dancers. Below the floor, her reflection reached upward. Her mouth was wide open, screaming in silence. 
I had to turn the music off, I thought. I didn't know why I thought that. It just seemed like the most rational thing to do, if for no other reason than to give my brain room to think. I leapt up the stairs onto the stage and turned off the sound system, but the music didn't stop. Then I saw Miss Brightstand doing the same dance as the others. Miss Brightstand! I yelled. She looked over at me. Her eyes shimmered and her face looked radiant. She looked younger than she had in class. I felt her gaze reaching through my eyes. My arms started to raise up and I felt my body slumping forward. Luckily, I was near the edge of the stage and I fell off, face planting onto the ground. It hurt, but it also broke Miss Brightstand's gaze. I got up and ran into the hallway. The lights flickered above me as I tried to decide which way to run. Then I heard it, the same voice I'd heard at the beginning of the week. And now entering the classroom. Substitute teacher of every year according to those in the know. The only sub with more subs than a sandwich shop, Miss Brightstand. She cackled what sounded like laughter after she said it. Then she entered the hallway and began to walk towards me. Where are you going, Tammy? She asked, her eyes beginning to gaze into mine. I shook my head. Nobody, I said. Nobody ad- calls me Tammy. Miss Brightstand walked down the hall toward me. Her arms and hands began to move in a rhythmic fashion, and I found it hard not to follow them with my eyes. No one is going to call you anything in a few minutes, she said. All of a sudden, I felt my arms start to move. I was controlling them, but also I wasn't. They began to mimic Miss Brightstand's moves, and I felt powerless to stop them. My feet began to sink into the floor, or at least it felt like they were. The hallway began to turn like a carousel on its side. You're doing fine, said Miss Brightstand, and soon you'll be my newest sub. Then I heard the clash of metal doors and a voice. No, she won't, the voice said. I fell over and regained control of my body. I pushed myself up and looked toward the hallway's door. It was Principal Gibson. Dad, I screamed. Stay where you are, Tamara. I've got this, my dad said. Miss Brightstand screamed and cackled, then moved toward my dad. So, the teacher is the father? Well, you won't be able to protect her or anyone else. You're a square and you don't have the moves, she said. My dad walked forward in his newly purchased principal suit, complete with a tie he'd only recently learned to knot. When he got close to Miss Brightstand, he loosened it and said, I challenge you. Miss Brightstand laughed. Challenge accepted. Dad, I said, what are you doing? He looked at me. I told you, Tam, it's Principal Gibson while we're at school. What is happening? I yelled. Dance off for the souls of Rockport. He smiled. Trust me, it's typical principal stuff. But Dad... I paused, not knowing how to say the next part. You're a terrible dancer. My dad looked over at me and took off his tie. He unbuttoned his shirt and flung off his pants. Don't worry, Mr. Erie, he had clothes on underneath. Clothes I vaguely remember him wearing in an old picture in a dusty album. Red high tops with blue bandanas tied around his ankles. Black jeans torn across the knees, held up by a leather belt with metal studs around the outside. A ripped white t-shirt with a red leather jacket, leading to a bundle of gold chains, and topped off with a shaggy black bucket hat. 
He looked completely ridiculous and amazingly awesome all at the same time. Reflections, I thought. They're not just part of middle school, they're a part of life. My dad nodded hard, causing his hat to roll off his head down his arm and into his hand. He tossed it toward me. Hold this for a second, he said. I have to breakdance this monster back to the Stone Age. Then he pressed a button on a music player clipped to his belt. New music erupted from the gym, and a second later Miss Brightstand and my dad began trading moves. She screamed as he popped and locked, only to strike back with her own sequence of flares and flips. They danced for what seemed like an entire class period, jumping off lockers while spinning up and down the hall. My dad backstepped toward me when Miss Brightstand power slid toward us. They seemed to be in a dead heat, trading moves like old rivals. Then Miss Brightstand floated off the ground and spun around in midair. My dad countered by putting his hand on the ground and spinning his leg around it. He twisted his hips hard, sending his legs up into the air. A second later he was spinning on his head, but the force was too much, his head slipped, and he spun out onto the floor. I screamed. Dad, are you okay? He didn't move. Dad, I yelled again. Look at that, said Miss Brightstand. It's a knockout. He's down for the count and I think we should make it a double. I stepped forward. Yes, I said. In fact, let's make it a double down. It was time. Time for me to forget about the face plant. Time for me to forget about my past and my future. Right here in this hallway, it was time to double down on today. I broke into the moves I had practiced in my bedroom. Miss Brightstand backed up and screeched as I executed each one with perfect timing. I leaped into the air, looping my foot through my arms, and then landed perfectly. Miss Brightstand looked stunned, but then began laughing. Oh, how could I forget? Yearbook girl knows the double down. But you also forgot something, Miss Gibson. It takes two to make a double. I felt so stupid. Why did I think half a dance move could beat this monster? I felt cold and scared and very small when all of a sudden I heard a voice from behind me. You're right, the voice said. It does take two. I spun around to find Tammy standing there in leg warmers and a jean jacket. I raised an eyebrow at her. What? She said, looking at her outfit. I'm bringing them back. I'm glad you are, I said. And you're the only Tammy I know who could. She smiled. Can you double down? I asked. Please, she said. Been practicing in my room since the beginning of the year. Face plants? I asked. A couple, she said. Ready to do it right? I asked. Let's do it, she said. And we did. With no cameras and an audience of one, we did the double down without error. We were in perfect sync, just like some sort of digital characters being controlled by an animator. But we weren't. Right then and there, we were in control of ourselves and standing up for each other. When we landed the final move, Miss Brightstand screamed and jolted around. Her body spun into a thick black cloud and disappeared. The lights in the hallway came on steady, and so did the ones in the gym. My dad took to his feet, and all three of us headed in to survey the damage. But there wasn't any. The student body of Rockport Junior High was back to their regular selves, walking around the gym getting ready for the pictures. Hey, said Tammy, stepping addressing the crowd. You'll never believe what I just did. Then she stopped and looked over at me. I mean, you'll never believe what we, 
just did. I didn't know what she was going to say next. Was she really going to tell everyone that she and I had defeated some dance monster who'd trapped them in their own reflections in a diabolical effort to remain influential? It's a lot to take in, so I was glad when she didn't. Instead, she said, We found Principal Gibson, and I think he has some thoughts on tonight's dance. I mean photo shoot. My dad stepped forward. I thought he was going to cancel the dance and send everyone home, but he didn't. Instead, he said this. At Rockport School, we can dance if we want to. We'll leave no friend behind. And if a friend can't dance because they're in a trance, then together we'll break that bind. Just then music started playing and everyone started dancing. I danced next to my dad. It was a familiar feeling because he'd taken me to every daddy-daughter dance in elementary school. I started wondering what high school would be like. My dad wouldn't be the principal there. And I would be on my own to fight off substitute teachers and dance monsters. I started to feel sad, but then Tammy popped in front of us with the yearbook camera and yelled, Smile. We did, and she captured the photo you can find in the center of the Rockport yearbook. The caption below it says, Our first dance. As I proofed that photo for print, I remembered wondering if that first dance was also the last one I'd ever share with my dad. What do you think, Mr. Erie? Any chance there are more substitute teachers out there looking to challenge the Gibson family to a dance-off? Dear Miss Gibson, congratulations on your recent medal from the Awards for School Annual Design. Second place is nothing to feel bad about. If anything, you've given a great gift to the incoming class. They now have something they can work to achieve, instead of having something they may be fearful to lose. Because losing things is scary, isn't it? Losing a contest, losing a familiar school, and losing the security that comes from knowing your dance partner isn't too far away. It's all scary, isn't it? The neat thing about dances is that they can be saved. You can tuck them away in your heart and redeem them any time the monsters of middle school and beyond get to be a little too much. As for the fansdom Miss Brightstand, also known as Clara Brightstand or Clara the Coordinated, she will be back in many ways and in many forms. The trick to dancing with a fansdom Miss Gibson is to simply look up. Try not to spend too much time staring at the floor. Your chances of face planting go down considerably. Wishing you all the best moves. In good standing, Mr. Edward Erie, Chief Uncover Near, Mr. Erie's disturbing detective agency. And while that concludes another message from Mr. Erie's mystery series, it's not the end of our appointment. If you've enjoyed this message and would like to keep independent detective agencies like ours happy and haunt-free, please leave a rating or review. Your support is more valuable than you know and would mean the world to our agents. Please don't delay. Leave a rating or review today. Thank you for listening. And as always, we wish you an undisturbing day. Mm -hmm.